Good evening. We're here again. Um, it's podcast time. It's a Tuesday evening. It's 39 minutes past nine. Um, and I'm, I'm ready to go. I've got a couple of things I want to talk about. One, I feel very, very strong about. And I'm going to talk about it first. Um, yeah. It's weird time. Um, there's one case of COVID back where I live. So we've been COVID free for a bit. Now there's a co- yeah, a, a case again, sorry. It's probably fine, but you never know. There might be a sort of an inkling of lockdown again at some point, maybe wave two, who knows? Um, I was kind of saying this morning, I think my ideal scenario is um, as long as we're still allowed to go and get uh, takeout McDonald's, it's the best restaurant in the world, as well as um, takeout coffees, I'm all right. Um, you can also play golf. Golf is a good COVID sport. So I think I'm okay all around. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, we're probably going to do a bibbidi-bobbidi because I think that's about, um, you know, it's about time for a bibbidi-bobbidi. Uh, yeah, we got some things to talk about, most of which is embarrassing for me to share. Hi. Okay, so the first thing I want to talk about is crazy. Um, I was kind of scrolling through Instagram, um, and I came across a post, and this post was, um, it stirred up some, some emotion in me. Uh, I'll read it out, the quote. Um, so I saw a husband trade his plate of food with his wife because she liked what he ordered better. And that's the kind of marriage I want. Full stop. Okay. So, um, there's a few, there's a few things there to unpack. Um, what I want to point out first is um, that this person saw a husband trade. Now, this is key, and I think this is possibly key to the whole thing here. Um, she saw the husband trade his plate of food. Um, because his wife liked what he ordered, what he ordered better. And that's the type of marriage I want. Um... So there's a few issues here. Now, I, I don't want to come across as uh, callous or mean. You know, I, I I want this podcast to be a a not quite a beacon because I don't think it's a beacon, but I want it to be a little, um, you know, a, a small force for good. But there are, you know, there's lines. In this world, there are uh, tenets by which we need to live, and um, uh, 
one thing that I feel very strongly about is my my food is my food. Um, you know, I can't I can't I can't stress that enough. I'm going to say it again. My food is is my food. So when when this person saw a husband trade his plate of food with his wife because she liked what he ordered better and that's the kind of marriage i want when when they saw that what they saw there was um in my mind what i what i hope that she, uh, this person saw was um two people that clearly you know, are, are a bit reckless. They don't care about their food because you don't share food. You know, if, if, if I'm going to a restaurant, <laughs> if I'm going to a restaurant and I order something, it's because it's I want to eat it. Um, if I order something... It, it, it will, and I'll, and I'll make this clear now, if I order something in a restaurant, it is never because I want you to eat it, or anyone else, for that matter. I've ordered it for me. If I'm going to order something to share, I will explicitly state that prior. I will say, would you like to share a, uh, a plate of chips or a you know, a, a garlic dip or something like that. Would you like to share that? The person will either say yes or no. We make that verbal contract and we, we go on with our lives and we share these things. You know, I'm, I'm not completely and utterly adverse to sharing. However, if I order something for me, you're not having it. Unless I decide I don't want it, then the thing, then, you know, then the whole story changes. If I don't want it, fine. However, I'm going to be the one to say, would you like some of this? There is no world in which you're entitled to my food. It's that simple. So when when this person saw her husband trade his plate of food with his wife because she liked what he ordered better, and that's the kind of marriage they want, I would say, actually, it's not the kind of marriage you want. It's the kind of divorce you deserve. Sorry. My food is my food. And um, never, never consider crossing that line. Please don't. It's, um, it's a serious issue. Uh, I mean, <sighs> one thing that, that gets me a lot, a lot is when I am out to dinner with my mother. God bless her. I mean, she raised me <laughs> from her bosom to to wherever I am now. Um, and quite frankly, I, I admit I must have been a, a significant financial drain. Um, and I would go as far as saying I think the end product wasn't worth it. Um, but guess what? None of that was my fault. Oops. Um, <laughs> you know, if you made a mistake, you made a mistake. I didn't. <laughs> um, 
And when we're eating food together, the amount of times I get asked, well, no, here's the thing. If I get asked, I'm going to decline. Um, and sometimes I see the real hurt in her face when I when I say, of course not. And I, I relent and I give her some of my food, but best believe I'm considering it. I'm thinking about it for many, many minutes afterwards, if not longer hours. You know, days later, I reconsider it and I realize how much of a duff deal I've just had. Um, but, um, yeah, I forgot even really what I was saying there because I'm kind of raging here about food and sharing it. I just think the issue here is anyone that's willing to trade their plate of food away clearly doesn't rate their plate of food enough. You know, I don't want your food that you're so readily willing to give me because clearly it's not worth your time. So why is it worth my time? And I'm never going to ask you for your plate of food because I know what I want to order. I've, I've read the menu. You know, my question to you would be, did you read the menu? Did you did you see what I ordered? All oh, right, and you didn't order it? Okay. Here's the thing, right? Here's how I would work it. If I was if I was out to dinner with a girl, um, a lady friend, which, you know, I can only imagine at this stage of proceedings. If I was, though, um, and she asked such a ridiculous question, I would, I would politely decline. I would say, no, no, that's, that's not for you. Um, however, what we can do is we'll, we'll, we'll come again and, and you can have that next time. Bear in mind, here's the thing. I'd insist on paying for the meal for both of us. So at the very least, I expect the courtesy of me being able to eat my own food. You know, is that fine? I don't know. And we'll come again, and you can eat the dinner that you so wish you ordered. <sighs> I'm sorry. But I think there's, you know, there's got to be, there's got to be lines. There's got to be rules. Otherwise, we're all just going to be eating off each other's plates. And I can't have it, you know? It's... It would just be chaos, and we need some sort of stability in this in this broken world in 2020, where there's murder wasps and COVID and all kinds and um, you know world leaders with kind of questionable hair. We need we need dinner table parlance, and I believe very strongly that if you order a meal that's your bed and you've got to lay in it don't you dare touch my food don't don't do it okay it's probably uh you know i could probably rant about that for a long time um but i'd basically just be saying the same things over and over again um but yeah if you're married to me and you want me to swap my plate of food, you're divorced. Time for a bibbidi-bobbidi. Hi, 
again. Um, something a little less controversial is um, something amazing, quite frankly, that I um, that was brought to my attention today. Um, I may have mentioned previously on a on a podcast there is a uh, there is a man by the name of David Daniel Andrew. Um, David Daniel Andrew, Jonathan Peter Lewis, Bartholomew Angus, Eugene Setry. Um, I think that's all of his names. There's there's more. He goes by many names. <laughs> Some call him Silly Bang. If you know that reference, you're a fucking sorry. Excuse my language, but if you do know that reference, you're a legend. Please get in touch. Send me a send me an Instagram DM or something like that. Uh, anyway, what am I doing? I'm naked, sat on my bed. Here you go. You know, there's a peek behind the curtain, something massively not sexy that you needed to hear. I'm on my bed and I'm naked. I've got a towel on me. Um, and I'm, yeah, I have no clothes on. And my rolls are mm, less rolly than they were before. I'm less sloppy, but still they, they are, they do exist when I, you know, when I'm hunched over my laptop trying to record this podcast, I, you know, I look fat in the mirror. <laughs> anyway, um, what? Oh yeah, David Setry. We've discussed him before. He's an interesting character. He's a, um, you know, how how did I describe him previously? He's kind of a, um, yeah, he sort of exists outside of, um the realms of, of of normal society he's a, he's a bit of an entity he's kind of a you know he's like a being from before time um it's almost as if he can control things and and and, and things sort of bend to his will um and another kind of example of that that was brought to my attention today and it's it's spectacular is the fact that out of nowhere there is such a thing as a carling card now, um, it's probably worth mentioning that um, David Daniel Andrew, Jonathan Peter Lewis, uh, Bartholomew, Eugene Angus, uh, Setry, he is um, he he likes a drink, and yeah, I mean he he likes a drink, N- not not. Yeah, I, I won't go. Yeah, I don't know how much, but he likes a drink, and he he likes to drink Carling Lager in general. He's not picky. He he. I mean, you could argue it's sort of a bit of a you know. It's almost like a fuel for him. It's kind of like so when you come across him um, as standard. The sort of unlubricated version. He's um, he is still he is still you know the entity I've described previously. He is still able to pull it out of the bag, so to speak. But 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 with the sort of additional lager on board, he he becomes something else entirely. Something um, you know a, a being of real power and. Um, 
you know what's what's really excellent is he he's now um, he's been bestowed a a carling card. Um, now, if you don't know what carling is, um, it's been described to me as the uh, the the golden Guinness. Um, some refer to it as uh, amber nectar. Um, it is just a lager. It's a lager beer. It's a in my mind, no more than a five out of ten on any given day. Lager, sorry, you know that's any sort of sponsorship from Carling gone, but you know, I've got standards. I feel now I'd probably take their money thinking about it. So sorry, Carling, but you know, do better would be my advice. Um, yeah, it's 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 a very standard British lager doing its thing. And setters can just sink it by the pint. Now, I believe, and you'll have to you'll have to forgive me if I don't quite fully understand the technicalities of the way that Carling card works. Um, you know, it's it's for it's for men who who truly know what they want. And if I'm honest, I'm I'm too flaky. Um, but I believe for every four carlings purchased you get a fifth one free it could be for every five carlings purchased you get a sixth one it wouldn't matter in my case if i have four carlings or five i'm i'm going to be sick somewhere um i would be off my rocker but for the likes of um, for the likes of David Daniel Andrew uh, Jonathan Peter Lewis Bartholomew Angus Eugene Setry, he is fine. He'll be fine sinking six. I think a, a six calling evening is a is a pretty chilled out evening um, for your man. And what I like about the calling card is, it, you know. It's kind of like the Costa card, but for, for blokes, you know? So me, being, um, you know, an odd kind of guy, um, I don't have a Carling card. I I have a Costa card. I go to Costa. I'll buy a coffee and a cake. I'll sit there by myself. I'll eat it. I'll love it. And then I'll get some... 10% will go on my Costa card. Um, and my plan with the post, uh, not the Costa card, the Costa card, my plan is that I'm going to go to Costa for my whole life, never spend any points. And then when I retire, I can basically just live off free coffee. Um, you know, stress-free coffee trips. That's my that's my plan. The only issue I'll have is um, I've publicly stated it on the podcast now, so people will know that I'll be walking around with a fat Costa card. Um, and secondly, I might not make it to retirement. Um, you know, I might die or otherwise be not present, um, and that would be a real shame to have a to have, like I say, a real fat Costa card. Um, they're sort of not being used. I am thinking I might try and, you know, pass it down to my my firstborn child, 
you know, here's the Costa card. It's never been used. It's got £25,000 on it. Um, you know, use it wisely. Um, yeah, imagine that if you could just live your life in Costa. You had £3 million on your Costa card and you just lived your life there. It'd be excellent. Just living off chia batter rolls, you know, it's all quite expensive, but it doesn't really matter to you anymore because you just live there. Um, anyway, what was I even talking about? Oh, yeah, David's uh, calling card. So the interest there is I, I'd quite like to, um, I'm going to see if I can get any any additional detail on it. You know, how how is it, how will it get, um, you know, how is it being policed? Um, how will it be? used is it going to be beeped and then on the on the fifth beep you kind of oops here's a freebie here's two carlings you know how does it work logistically i'll need to know more detail um possibly with a view to discuss this at a later date um but yeah um i think what's interesting most interesting probably about the carling card and the costa card is kind of you know that even though you have different people in the world and we all we're all sort of drawn to different things and places some people like to go out and drink and have fun with other people and dance and sing and other people like me like to sit by themselves and um you know eat cake and i think there's room in the world for both but regardless there's always a loyalty card involved time for a bibbity bobbity Ah, hello. Nearly done now, I think. We're over the 20-minute mark. Um, one last thing I'm going to talk about. Embarrassing story about myself. Because a lot of my stories are uh, quite embarrassing. Um, but I thought I'd tell it. It was a funny one. Because um, I was... Recently I was just thinking about kind of... You know, why am I... You know, why aren't I kind of normal? Um, you know, I look around at most people and think they are broadly normal, you know, acceptable f for a wider society um, in the way that they act. <laughs> and um, And I kind of, I try my best, <laughs> but usually the... Uh, the veil slips every now and then. I mean, like, I don't even know I'm doing the podcast in reality. I mean, probably because I'm a narcissist and I, uh, you know, I, I like doing it. <laughs> um, but still, I don't know, you know, I don't know anyone else that really does it. Um, except for the cool people that do sports podcasts or podcasts that actually tell you things. Um, you know, this isn't, I'm not sure what this is doing, except for kind of furthering, you know, <laughs> the, the, I don't know, furthering the idea of me being slightly um, troubling <laughs> as a character. Um, anyway, speaking of that, what about a story about me putting my foot in my mouth? Um, so, there's this thing over here where like once a year loads of companies 
go and play rounders in a sort of nondescript field somewhere in the north of well it's not even in the north it's somewhere um we they play rounders in a field all for charity um it's good fun i've been there once not for my own company and that's kind of the root of this story i went to play rounders um i was asked kind of i think possibly in the day would you like to play rounders tonight yeah, okay. It's because my friend, his sister works for a company, and they were looking for two elite rounders players. So obviously I thought, I'll step up here. Um, that's not true. I, I don't know why why in the world they thought I could offer anything to them. But we were where we were, and we ended up there. Um, what was pretty good was... I was actually quite good at rounders. I hit the ball every time. And I made rounders. I, I like made a rounder. I had a moment actually where it was it was insane. One someone on the other team absolutely led leathered one miles. Now I was I was into it at this stage. And I sprinted after the ball and I was like it was like I rediscovered pace that I hadn't had in a long time. Sprinted after the ball, picked it up. And through the ball, it was the longest throw I've ever had in my life. And it was impressive. It was actually, you know, for a person who doesn't throw things professionally, I thought it was an, it was an impressive throw. And I was like, I thought, wow, maybe round, you know, maybe. And I've actually always thought this. What's annoying is I, I, I suspect that most people in the world probably have one sport that they are disproportionately better than most average people are, for example. like So I guess what I mean is most people have a sport that they're above average at. Um, and I, you know I'm yet to find mine. But that's probably only because I've played, you know, only a few sports properly, you know. So you properly play rugby, you properly play football. You know, I love football. I'm just, you know, not that good at it. Um, and I've always thought, what if I actually am extremely good at French bulls? French bulls being the game where you lob the metal bulls at the jack. Kind of like a sort of street version of uh, crown green bowls. <laughs> so pretty cool, actually. You play it on like the, the gravelly bit. I don't think I'm very good at it yet. But, you know, that's my point. I reckon I'm amazingly good at some sort of random niche sport um, that that annoyingly society doesn't place any value in so i wouldn't make you know wayne rooney level money in fact i'd make no money if anything i might be ostracized for my ability at french bulls being you know because that would make me even more odd if i suddenly became the pioneer of french bulls in my local society so um what in the hell am i talking about oh yes <laughs> rounders um but, you know, anyway, 
through playing rounders in this thing, I was kind of thinking, maybe this is the one I'm all right at. Anyway, it turns out a lot of people are quite good at hitting the ball and running. So I wasn't that good, but I was still doing it and I was fine. Um, anyway, I didn't know anyone there really. I know I knew like two people in my team. And then outside of that, I remember there was like an older man who was kind of cool, um, very... Uh, um, has, I wanted to say he had a lot of dignity, and I don't know why. He's dignified—that's the word. And there was, you know, some girls and whatever, so I was a bit, bit excited there. Um, and in short, to introduce myself, I told them how I could put my foot in my mouth, and I proceeded to do it. And I haven't really spoken to anyone that I met there since. So that's that. I'll probably leave you with that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Have a nice rest of your week and be kind to people and yourself. Good night.